I just have one announcement to make. It's in regard to a change in our bulletin for the calendar for this coming week. Uh, We will not be having our Wednesday 2 p.m. service and Bible study, uh, but we will resume it the following week. The Old Testament reading for this, the first Sunday after Christmas, is from the 63rd chapter of Isaiah. I will recount the steadfastness, love of the Lord, the praises of the Lord, according to all that the Lord has granted us, and the great goodness to the house of Israel, that he has granted them according to his compassion, according to the abundance of his steadfast love. For he said, Surely they are my people, children who will not deal falsely. And he became their Savior. In all their affliction he was afflicted, and the angel of the presence saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. Therefore he turned to be their enemy and himself fought against them. Then he remembered the days of old of Moses and his people. Where is he who brought them up out of the sea with the shepherds of his flock? Where is he who put them in the midst of them, his Holy Spirit, who caused his glorious arm to go at the right hand of Moses, who divided the waters before them to make for himself an everlasting name, who led them through the depths? Like a horse in the desert, they did not stumble. Like livestock that go down into the valley, the Spirit of the Lord gave them rest. So you led your people to make for yourself a glorious name. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading is from the fourth chapter of Galatians. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons... God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When the wise men had departed... Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night, and departed to Egypt, and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious. And he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah. Weeping in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they are no more. 
But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled. He shall be called a Nazarene. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Even small children know the Christmas story. Last week, we recounted all of the the events. We heard the good news from the angel Gabriel that Mary would have a baby. The angel told Joseph not to be afraid to take Mary as his wife, and he did. It's a classic story from Christmas. We also heard the sweet story of Jesus being born and laid in a manger because there was no room in the inn. And then the shepherds are told the Christ is born and they come to see it. A beautiful picture we show in nativity scenes and on the front of Christmas cards around the world. And then to round out the story, the wise men come and they bring gifts they lay at the feet of the baby Jesus as the king of the Jews and they worship him. Truly beautiful picture of Christmas, also shown on cards and nativity scenes this time of year around the world. But then the story takes a turn. The story of Christ's birth changes And it changes quickly. And what happens next, you would not want to have depicted in a nativity under a Christmas tree. What happens next, I doubt you would put on a Christmas card and mail out without people becoming physically sick at what they see. Here's what happens. The wise men come to Jerusalem looking for Jesus. But they're in the wrong place. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, about 20 miles away. Herod tells them to find the Christ and then send him word so he can also go and worship the Christ. But Herod was lying. He had no intention of worshiping the Christ. The wise men are warned by an angel not to go back to Herod. So in the middle of the night, they pack up and head back east. Herod finds out the wise men outsmarted him, and he is furious. And this is what you will never see in a church nativity scene. And this is the scene you probably won't put on next year's Christmas card. King Herod orders all of the baby boys in Bethlehem and the surrounding county to be killed. Herod's guards carry out the order by running knives through the babies or by just crushing their heads. Not something you want to see 
in a church nativity scene, is it? King Herod was afraid someone had come to kick him off his throne. Herod was afraid someone new was here to take away his authority and money. This is why Herod tried to kill the baby Jesus. That's just what our sinful nature does. It lashes out to try and keep us on top of the world. It lashes out at anyone or anything who will try to kick us off the many thrones we sit up in our lives. And that includes God. Our sinful nature does not want us to admit someone else should have authority over us. It is the greatest rebel this world has ever seen. This is why we try to keep ourselves in charge of our own little kingdoms that we've each made up in our lives. And that's what Herod did. Herod did what we all do, really. He tried to stay the top dog in his life. Herod tried to remain the master of his own destiny. Herod tried to remain in charge. He wasn't about to let some newborn from the town of Bethlehem who was born in a barn and laid in a manger, dictate to him what his life was going to look like. So Herod lashed out. Herod not only tried to cling to his power in this dying world, but Herod tried to slap away the hand of God who had come to save him and this whole world. Herod actually tried to kill God who had come in the flesh for all of us. We do the same. We may not slaughter a whole town of babies to keep ourselves as lords of our own lives, but we do it in so many other ways every single day. So often we will do whatever we can to keep on top. And that includes sometimes slapping away the very one who came to save us, Jesus himself. You'll sometimes hear a lot of people from outside the church who look in at us and try to understand us, and they're wrong. The unbelieving world tries to hold on to their own little kingdoms and their lives, and they will often look at us and say, Christianity is just a bunch of lists of things you can't do. You can't have sex outside of marriage. You can't steal. You can't even gossip. Where's the fun in not doing that? Well, if you want your kingship in this world to be about sexuality, don't be a Christian. If you want to rule over this world by stealing and conniving to get the best finances and wealth in this world, Don't be a Christian. If you enjoy gossiping and slandering others more than you love speaking about the love of Christ that he has for them, then you don't have to be a Christian. Because I will give King Herod this. He was right about something. Jesus did come to take something away from Herod. 
Jesus did come to knock him off his throne. But it had nothing to do with Herod's golden crown. Herod could have kept that. No, Jesus wanted Herod to worship him as true king of all kings. Herod could have kept the crown and one day laid it at Jesus' feet. But Herod didn't want to do that. Herod wanted to be king of kings and lord of lords. But that right has been reserved for only one, the Christ, who was born in a stable and laid in a manger in Bethlehem. In the end, I think we're grossly mistaken if we only sum up Christianity as a religion that just lives by lists of do's and don'ts. Because ultimately, the beauty of Christianity is what Christ is giving to you, not taking away from you. One of our hymns has this beautiful line that said this when talking about the Christ and what he brings. He undertakes a great exchange, puts on our human frame, and in return gives us his realm, his glory, and his name. His glory and his name. In taking on your very flesh in this world, Jesus took that flesh to the cross and died for you. You don't have to try and kill Jesus like Herod did. No, Jesus will do that himself. The Christ child has done that for you. And he did it himself for you. It was the great exchange. He dies in our place. So we live. And look what Jesus does. He doesn't come after worldly crowns or worldly money or worldly power. No, Jesus exchanges something and gives you gifts that are far greater than gold and are actually eternal. As that hymn says, Jesus gives you his realm, his glory, his name. The unbelieving world we live in does not care about Christ's realm, the realm of faith that we have right now and the promise of everlasting life. But we care about it. That's everything to us. Because where our treasures are, there our hearts will be also. Jesus gives you his glory and his name. He has made you his child by baptizing you into his name. You are essentially Married now to Christ, united to him in a union that can't be divorced. You are so closely connected to him that when Jesus returns, he will raise you from the dead. In fact, I would say he must raise you from the dead because Jesus must be near you and close to you. Not just now, but forever. And one day he will. King Herod worried about what Jesus was going to take away. 
Maybe we can feel that way sometimes too. But Herod should not have worried about that. Neither should we. Because look what Christ gives you. His name, his glory, his realm, eternity. I don't know about you, but I would much rather have those treasures than Herod's golden crown that slowly fades away into dust over the years. Because what Christ gives is eternal. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.